amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next 90 minutes, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you're going to get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. You can send messages to the show on Twitter at goforitgant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Also, also, you can hit us up in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. We're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And we're going to talk to Willie uh, about what happened. Willie has some, some information regarding uh, the situation with IK, NM Polly, and Geno Smith. So we're going to talk to him about that. Talk to him about the Hall of Fame as well. So make sure you stick around for that. Wade Smith, former Eagle, former Texan, former Jet, former Dolphin, former Chief player, will be joining us. Wade recently retired out of the league at this point. He's done 11 years in the National Football League. He's retired, retired in this offseason. We're going to talk to him about retirement life. We're also going to talk to him on whether or not, hey, opportunity came. If a team would call, would he come on back? And we're going to talk to him about that. And also former Atlanta Falcons guard Justin Blaylock will be joining us. And we're going to ask Justin. He retired after eight seasons in the NFL at the age of 31. Seemingly a pretty good player. Seemingly still has some good football left in him. But we're going to talk to Justin about that. Let's get right down to it. Geno Smith. <laughs> what a story. I mean, first and foremost, when I heard and saw the story, I was astonished, amazed. I mean, did you ever think that in a National Football League, have we ever seen a situation where a reserve linebacker punches the starting quarterback in the face and breaks his jaw? We're talking about the starting quarterback. We're, we're, we're talking about, I don't want to say Daniel Smith's a franchise quarterback, but the starting quarterback. 
have we ever seen a situation like that? The starting quarterback usually has the red, uh, the red jersey on. Hands off. And granted, this happened in the locker room, but we've never heard a situation of, of a, a, a teammate punching its starting quarterback in the face, breaking his jaw, and setting him back six to ten weeks. The sad part could be the end of Geno Smith as a New York Jet. And here's also the thing. You know what? If if you're Geno Smith, and, and you know, we all know the story, and uh, Geno Smith was supposed to go to NM uh his his uh charity uh camp, football camp. Obviously, something happened to Geno Smith, a friend died to him close to him. He couldn't make it. And then Polly just wanted his $600 back. Geno Smith agreed, apparently. But Geno Smith did not pay him his money at, at any point, any time. And so, guys talked about in the locker room. Guys got into an argument. According to Ryan Clark, Geno Smith put his finger in the face of an Polly. And... You put the hands in the face, one grown man to another. What happened where an Impali punches Geno Smith usually probably would happen. It's disrespectful. And Geno, Jeff obviously has $600 to pay this man. In Impali, a six-round draft pick last season, obviously a guy fighting to stay in the league. Geno Smith, he's fighting and, and you know to become a starter, a solidified starter with the Jets. And in some respect, fighting staying the Smith. But he's a more established guy. And you know what? At the end of the day, he should have paid him $600. But he didn't. And not only didn't he pay him $600, but according to reports, he was disrespectful. Basically saying, quote, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And according to Ryan, uh, Ryan Clark, and in Polly, don't mess with his money. Don't mess with his money. And that goes for anybody. But here's my point. And I'm going to put this out here. When you're IK and in Polly, a six-round draft pick last season, uh, a guy fighting to make a roster, probably not a good idea. To have or or to have any issues or to any type of confusion with the starting quarterback, even if you're right, which you can argue he is. Obviously, it's not acceptable to punch anybody, especially in that in a, in a workplace. But I think we all understand. But if I'm in Poly, opportunity if I make the team to make five hundred and ten thousand dollars this season. If I make the team, that's what I'm going to make. That's my salary, $510,000. What's $600? It might hurt. It might make you angry. It might make you upset, but it's only $600. Easy for me to say because it's not my $600. But sometimes in that particular situation, you got to say, you know what? It is my money. I want my money. I like my money. 
and I put this out here for him to show up, and he didn't show up. Granted, I have a situation, but that's my money. And obviously, Geno Smith didn't give him his money. Apparently, he was going to give it to him around training camp's time, around the start of the training camp. But we're we're a few weeks, we're a few days deep into this training camp now. Who hasn't exchanged hands? So, and Impali wanted his money. But I tell you, I.K. and Impali, who was picked up by the Buffalo Bills and Rex Ryan. <laughs> Rex Ryan doing it again. What a zinger. But, I mean, I I'm happy and I'm that this was an isolated incident. I know he had an issue when he was in college, assaulting an all-duty police officer and so on and so forth. But I'm hoping this is an isolated incident. It was not an isolated incident because because he's had issues before. But I'm hoping he can put this behind him because I didn't think he was going to get another opportunity. But it, I can't and Polly, here's here's a little suggestion. It's not good when you're a six round draft pick to go against the team starting quarterback. It it never can end good for you. Just to, to cause any type of confusion. Any type of confusion, any type of issues with the team's starting quarterback. Not a good idea. And it can only end badly for you. And in some respect, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of discipline. Or Commissioner Goodell and whether or not even Geno Smith is going to press charges. We don't know what's going to happen. But not only did Inampoli put himself in position to lose his cool, but he put himself in position to ultimately – he got another chance. But there was always the possibility that he couldn't – that he wouldn't get another chance. He, he got lucky, for sure. But, you know, you look at the whole situation. In that situation, in the future, if E.J. Daniel owe you money – Suck it up. If if and you know, and the locker room may not have been the best place to do it. But at the end of the day, if if EJ Manuel owes you money, I can't Polly, suck it up and deal with it in a different way. When we come back, we're gonna be joined by former NFL player Wade Smith. You listen to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello? Wait. How are you, sir? Hello, welcome to Go uh, For It. Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, (laughs) too, man. (laughs) Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can marry women. We've seen you you have a pedigree. (laughs) We've seen what you can do. We've seen it. (laughs) I would never bring my wife around, too. I yeah, just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. <laughs> That's not Roxy. <laughs> That's called butter. 
All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) And we're back. Go for blogtalkradio.com. Paul Gane here talking sports. Talking sports and having fun doing it. We're going to bring in a guy now, recently retired, enjoying retirement life. Uh, this man had an 11-year career, a successful 11-year career. And we're going to bring him in now. Let's bring him in now. Former NFL player, Wade Smith. Hey. Wade, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm doing real good. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. I got, I got, correct, I got correct you real quick though, man. I you can't short me that year. I got, I got, I got twelve years, man. That that twelve, okay, 12 year that helped me with my with my my benefits and stuff from the NFL. <laughs> so yeah, can't short me on that, baby. <laughs> I, I don't want to mess with your money. I yeah, don't want to mess with your money. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this now, Wade. Again, eleven years in the NFL, but right now training camp is going on. The season's a month away. You missing football right now? Uh, honestly, no, I'm not, man. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying to be able to like look at it from the the fan perspective. I've taken it back to when I was a kid growing up, and um, you know, being able to just be a fan of a team, and, and it's kind of cool now because a lot of the people that are playing, I know personally and have good relationships with them, and so it's just being able to be in a different perspective and. Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited about you know the next stage of my career. I mean, I, if I if I wanted to, I could continue to play, but I you know I chose not to, and you know I'm happy with my decision. So, right opportunity came up. Team was a, a team that's a competitive team, a team that has an opportunity to win a championship. Would you answer? Man, I could answer the phone, but I don't think they'd call me right now, man, because uh, <laughs> I, last time I checked, I was 258 pounds. And uh, <laughs> there's there's no room for 258 pound uh, left guards in the NFL. If it was 1972, I might have an opportunity, but okay. it's 2015, and so I'm too small for that. I, I mean, I've lost a lot of my football weight, and, I, and I'm enjoying it being off. So living a, a little bit of healthier lifestyle. So yeah, that that whole um, waiting for the call and, and if a call came, I was just something. Like, hey guys, you know, appreciate the call, but uh, <laughs> I'm 258. I don't think I could, I could help you right now. You don't miss the weight? No, I, I mean, my knees feel a lot better, man. And, um, you know, I don't miss having to take, you know, anti inflammatories to get through get through the day. And I don't, I don't miss, um, you know, walking up the stairs and it being painful. You know, in my house, just walking down the stairs being even more painful. I don't miss that stuff at all, man. So, uh, you know, the thing that you miss is like you miss, you know, the 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 opportunity to line up against somebody and dominate them. You know, you like you miss the opportunities to be there with the with the guys in the locker room. But at the same time, a lot of the guys that you know that I played with or you know that are still playing or not playing anymore, I'm, I'm still around those guys a lot. And so I, I still work out with those guys. So I really, I'm really not missing that part of it. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this retirement life, man. You feel sexier at 258? When you said, do I, do I, do I feel sexier? Is that what you said? Yeah, you feel sexier at 258? I mean, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, the looks that I get from, from, 
from from women. It's a little bit more than it was before, but you know, I'm I'm with my wife and enjoying it, and she's enjoying my my 206 day pounds, and so that's all that that really matters. We're talking to former NFL star Wade Smith, and Wade, you spent five weeks with the Philadelphia Eagles. Ultimately, you were released. At that moment, did, did you realize that possibly you could be done? Um, I think at that moment, I, I kind of made my mind up. I was like, well, um, either Philly's going to call me back in a couple weeks and need me and I'll go back, or I was going to be done. Um, so, um, And they didn't, and so I kind of had my mind made up that I was I was going to be done at that point because I didn't want to have to you know, go to a different team, a new team, and you know, restart a whole new situation, learn another playbook and all that type of stuff. It's, it's tedious when you're away from your family. And so, um, and it really wasn't um, worth it for me anymore. So at that point, once I got released, um, it was kind of like, you know, if they call me back in the next few weeks, I'll go back. But if not, you know, I'm going to be done. And I started working out and started um, working out in a way to lose weight, to, to okay. get healthier because, you know, I just really didn't want to keep, you know, 308 pounds on my on my body when I didn't need it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't necessary anymore. So, trying to trying to live a long, healthy life so I can enjoy some of the successes that I've acclimated over a 12-year career. And so, if you if you if you go the opposite way, you know, a lot of guys, you know, some guys go one way or the other. They either lose a lot or they gain a lot. So I, I made my mind up that I wasn't going to be one of those guys that gained a lot. So, uh, yeah, I was good with it. And you know, I had a few calls. Um, Last okay. season, you know, the, the Titans called me three different weeks. Like, hey, you want to bring you in? And I, I had to keep telling my agent, like, no, I'm, I'm good. And I'm not trying to, uh, you know, go that route again. I've kind of made my mind up. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Eleven, like you said, 12 years in the NFL, excuse me, 102 starts. You even had a touchdown, but no Super Bowl. Does that no bother you that you didn't get a ring? Well, honestly, you know what? That, that's what last season was for. Last season, um, you know, I, I really didn't want to leave the Texans. Um, you know, my contract was up, and I would have liked to resign and stay there, but, you know, that didn't work out. And so last season was just me trying to find the best opportunity to win a ring. And so that's why I went to Seattle first, and you know, that didn't work out. And um, after Seattle, I kind of was like, well, you know, teams literally have like, you know, 10 days to get in contact with me or I'm going to make my mind up to be done. And, uh, you know, Philly kind of get got in there in that window and, and told me they wanted to bring me in and it brought me in. And I thought Philly had a good chance um, last year. And when I was there, I think we were like five and one uh, on the right track. And so, um, you know, by week ended up getting released, got fired on my day off. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> after that happened, I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm good. You know, I, yeah, you know, I got a, another year out of it. I got another opportunity to 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 get healthy again. I had some knee issues um, when I left Houston, but I actually got the opportunity to get back healthy again and get out there and play and kind of get that last uh, itch out of me uh, of playing. And you know, but you know, I, I wish I could have won a Super Bowl, man. That would have been the ultimate goal. But you know, I'm not complaining about my career, man. I played 12 years um, all over the league. You know, had ups downs. Um, was was a, a rookie that came in the league that was um, people didn't think much of, and you know had a, 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 a I could say a, a pretty good de- uh, rookie year where I was all rookie team, and um, you know voted newcomer of the year in Miami, and then had struggles and got benched, and then changed positions, new coaches, and 
was a utility guy and then got my opportunity again eventually down the road and became a starter and then, you know, came to Houston and started every game I was here, went to the Pro Bowl. So I've, I've seen it all, done it all, experienced it all. And so, uh, you know, I, I can't complain with what I, what I was able to, to put together. And, and as we said, no Super Bowl. But in your opinion, what was your best chance to win a championship? What season do you say or what team do you say, you know what, this was my best opportunity to win a title? Um, definitely the 2011 um, football season with the Texans. Um, okay. If you look back at that team, you look at that roster, uh, you look at that defense uh, within either that season, either pr- prior to that year, during that year, or within two, three years after that year, you had like nine pro bowlers on that defense. You had Connor Barwin, you had um, Mario Williams, you had J.J. Watts rookie year, like that, and, he, and he had a really good rookie year. You had um, Antonio Smith, you had Jonathan Joseph, you had D'Amico Ryan, Brian Cushing, all the same guys on the defense. And then on offense, you know, our offensive line ended up having three Pro Bowls that year. You had Aaron Foster, Owen Daniels, um, you had Andre Johnson, Matt Schaub, Pro Bowl season. But that year we had we had injuries. You know, Mario was out for the year after the six weeks. He had I think he had five five games, five sacks out for the season. Um, Dre missed a lot of time that year. Um, Perry missed a lot of time that year. Um, I'm trying to think who else got hurt. Matt Schaub got hurt that My year. Matt Schaub, you know, quarterback. I mean, we were, I think we were seven, maybe seven and one, six and one, something like that when he got hurt. Um, ended up finishing the season 11 and five, winning the playoff game. But, you know, we got down to our third quarterback with a rookie. And so, uh, you know, TJ Yates came in there and, you know, played way above his head. I thought that he did a great job and always had respect for what he did for us and winning the first playoff game in, in, the, in the history of the franchise. But, um, you know, I think that a healthier team that year, we would have definitely won a Super Bowl. You know, I went to um, Seattle this past offseason in, in training camp, and I was around a Super Bowl championship team. I looked around the room and the talented guys. And, and oh, I forgot to mention Glover Quinn was on that team. With the, with the defense too. I mean, it was it was it was we were stacked, and um, but yeah, I, I looked around that room and I was like, you know what? Like this is this feeling that I'm feeling here. Like these guys know that they're the best and they know they're champs and they know they're really good. When I look back on it, that 2011 team, we were the same way. We were losing guys left and right, but we somebody would step in. Brooks Reed would step in for Mario Williams and had best best year of his career, in my opinion, to this point. Um, and so. Definitely that 2011 season was was our best chance of winning the Super Bowl. We're talking to former NFL star Wade Smith. And, Wade, let's go back to Philadelphia for a second. We're hearing a lot about Chip Kelly, and ultimately you got fired on your day off. But we hear a lot about Chip Kelly and African-American players. LaShawn McCoy accused him of racism. You know, Trey Thomas had some issues with him. And we hear a lot of people talk about it. Your thoughts mm-hmm. on Chip Kelly? I mean, I don't think he's a racist. But you played with him. What's your thoughts on Chip Kelly? I mean, I wouldn't say that he's racist at all. That's it. It, it doesn't make sense for you to say someone's racist when you know he has three quarterbacks, and I think none of them are white. I mean, just added Tim Tebow. Uh, so like none of the like you have you have Sanchez, you have um, Bradford. You know, they cut Lashawn McCoy, but they brought in the Marco Murray. I mean, they cut white guys, they cut Todd Airman, they they cut Evan Mathis. You know, it's kind of, it really doesn't make sense. I mean, they, they cut uh, Kerry Matthews and they brought in, um, uh, what's my guy, Maxwell from from uh, Seattle. Byron they, Maxwell. I mean, I just think that 
he likes his guys. You know what I mean? Like coaches, and that's that's what any coaching staff they want their guys. And some of those guys that were there previous to them being there, you know, some of those guys he's just not going to want. They're not going to fit what they want. He, he's going to want his guys. So he's going to, you know, DeMarco Murray, his build and the way he's put together and his type of playing style is completely different than LaShawn McCoy's. So um, Ryan Matthews is, is different than him too. He's another black running back that he brought in. So I don't think it has anything to do with race. It just has to do with the type of players that he wants um, on his team, the type of temperament, the type of everything that goes into that. And so, you know, I think that's the only thing it has to do with it. I mean, if you look at the you look at the stats of it, I'm pretty sure that he has just as many, the same amount of black guys, white guys, Hispanic guys, um, Pacific Islanders, whatever you want to look at it. I don't think it has anything to do with race. So is it is it possibly a, a cultural thing where he is not able to, let's say, effectively deal with or or, or uh, you know work with uh, those who are African American culture wise? I mean, I don't I don't understand what you mean by that. Like I said, he brought in Demarco Murray. Demarco Murray is an African American. So, what is the difference? I mean, maybe he doesn't, like I said, he wants his guys. Maybe there's a type of, there's a certain temperament, a certain type of guy that he wants. And if you fit that, you're going to be there. And if you don't fit that, you're not going to be there. Right. I mean, I mean, that's the bottom line of it. African-American is all different types of African-American people. So if you right. say fit the African-American culture, I mean, there is no there is no one central African American culture. There's all different types of people that are African American, and For people sure. look at things differently. So you can't really can't put anything in a box. Like there's people. I mean, there's he's gonna want a certain type of player. He's gonna want them to be smart. He's gonna want them to be um, to be able to to you know fall in line and, and and do your job and all those type of things. And if those are the type of things that you exemplify and you do you'll be there. And if you don't, then maybe you won't. It's just, I mean, I think that's, that's the bottom line of it. I don't think it has anything to do with race. I, I agree with you. I mean, I mean honestly, if it, if it has something to do with race, like if, if LaShawn got cut and he brought in, you know, if he just brought in all white players, and then maybe you have some basis to it, but right. it, that's just not the case. So, I mean, the proof's in the pudding it is what it is. So I just think it's kind of, I don't know. I don't, I, I mean, I, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe people don't understand what the definition of racism is. You know what I mean? Like, if if it was racist, you know, he would be just bringing in nothing but white guys because he's a white guy. <laughs> so, but that's that's not what's been going on. So, um, I don't really think there's any um, kind of facts to that situation or to that. Yeah, argument. I, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I just think, you know, like you said, he's going to want who he wants, and he's trying to build the team in his image. And whoever fits that image is who he's going to bring in. And if you don't fit the image, like you said, he's not going to bring you in. I mean, it's it's really that simple. And I, and I think in a lot of ways, you know, it goes back to Riley Cooper and him keeping Riley Cooper on the roster after that unfortunate situation. But, you know, perception sometimes is reality. And in this particular situation, it's not. I don't think he's a racist, and I think you would have a difficult time being a coach in the NFL and being a racist. I mean, it would be very, very hard. I want to ask you this now. Twelve years in the NFL, if I would have told you back in 2003 that you would have made it, made 12 years in the NFL and played 12 years in the NFL, what would you have told me? 
I'd have been like, man, that's awesome. Like when I saw my when I when I was drafted, I was like, I just want to first. My first goal was to play my first contract. I had a four year deal. I wanted to play my first contract, and if I do that, then I accomplish my first goal. The next goal was to play ten years. I played ten years, and that's the next goal. Anything after that was just cake. And I was just icing on the cake, and that's exactly what that's what ended up happening, you know. Um, and so, if you would have told me that, I'd have been like, really, like, but thank you, you know. That my my offensive line coach at college was like, you know, Wade is a ten year guy, and he would say that, but you know, like I said, I'm looking at trying to block Jason Taylor the first day of rookie rookie camp, you know. What I mean, I'm trying to the first day of mini camp, I'm trying to block Jason Taylor, so. You know, I'm focused on what's going on that day. But, you know, people said that about me, that, you know, I was a versatile guy that could come in. And, you know, he was a good 10-year guy and so-and-so, and I ended up exceeding that. So, like I said, I'm, I'm, I was very fortunate, very blessed career. Um, fortunate enough to not have too many, you know, crazy injuries. You know, I had a broken forearm. My fingers don't look too great right now, but for the most part, I came out pretty clean. So I, I'm thankful. And, and you talked about it, it's all cake after 10 years. No more cake for you. You're done with cake. You're sexy now. You're, you're getting sexy. No more <laughs> That's a good point, man. I haven't had much cake since, I, since I've been eating right and, and doing things the right way and losing this weight. I still got 13 pounds ago. Man. I get down to 245. Okay. I get back down to my tight end size when I, when I got to college. That's what I'm trying to do. A couple quick questions real quick based off your career. Rapid fire, what was your greatest moment as a pro? Um, uh, great question. I, I would say that um, you're talking about on the field, off the field, what? On the field. Specifically, an on the field moment. I would say on the field moment was um, T.J. Yates pass to Kevin Walter. Um, last few seconds of the game against Cincinnati to to beat them, and we won the division. First playoff uh, game. Uh, uh, it allowed us to, to um, win the division for the first time in the history of the franchise and go to the playoffs. So I, I would say that moment was the best moment. Least favorite moment? Uh, least favorite moment. I would probably say just the whole, the whole game versus Dwight Freeman my rookie year. That was a that was that was a bad deal. <laughs> had a had a rough day against the White Freeman. Wasn't the only one to ever have a rough day against For sure. White Freeman, but I did get my turn. Favorite teammate? Favorite teammate? Oh, that's tough. Um, you know what? I we only played together like for a year and a half. But I'll probably say Herb Taylor is my favorite teammate. Um, okay. He's like my brother. Um, but. He's my favorite teammate. I said the the teammate that I kind of most looked up to and um, good friend now, but I would say Brian Walters is a guy I kind of looked up to when I was with Kansas City, and I think that I I was able to become a Pro Bowler after being around him and being in that that meeting room with him and playing with him. But uh, definitely, I would just say favorite. I'd probably say Herb Taylor. Least favorite teammate. Least favorite teammate? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to, to answer that. I don't, people that I don't like, I just don't deal with them. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of is what it is. Let me ask you a quick, quick question. You know, we, we, we saw the whole situation with Geno Smith and, and I.K. In and Polly and, you know, over money and things of that uh, nature. Have you ever seen anything like that in, in a locker room where someone punches the starting quarterback? Nah, that's kind of weird, man. I, and I actually tweeted about that the other day. Like, is this like the new thing that people want to go at quarterbacks now? Um, I think that 
you know, I wasn't there in the locker room. I don't know the, the story behind the situation. From what I'm hearing and from multiple sources about what happened with the situation, I could see that both people were in the wrong. Um, you know, when Revis comes out and says there's blame for both sides, you know, Revis is a guy that I played with in, in you know, in the New York in uh, his rookie year was there, and he's, he's a hell of a player now, a great player, one of the best, if not the best player in the league, but he's a, he's a leader too. And so if he comes out and says, hey, both of these guys are to blame, then there's some validity to that. And, you know, if you owe somebody money and tell them you're going to pay them back, pay them back. And there's no issues. And when you're the quarterback, you kind of have to take on, you know, the quarterback is like the guy. He is the franchise. He's the person that is always going to take the high road in every situation. He's not, you know, it's kind of like you, as a quarterback, you don't involve yourself in those scraps and stuff like that. You're supposed to be above that. Everyone's supposed to be looking to you to lead and set the example. So I think that Gino was in that, in that sense was wrong. But at the same time, you know, you don't hit the quarterback. You, just, you, don't, you don't hit the quarterback with the pads on, let alone <laughs> hit him with, with a right, right, right hook or whatever. Like, you just – you don't hit the quarterback. It's, uh, it's kind of weird to think about that. And, you know, I don't know the situation, who was around him or whatever, whatever, but, you know, as an offensive lineman, you kind of look at that like, wait a minute, you hit my quarterback? Like, what, like where were they at? You know, who knows? Right. But um, – and I know, you know, Nick Mango out there, you tell me he's not going to let that happen if he's around, so – you know, I feel like it was a it was a bad situation for both parties. Um, it's fortunate that you know the kid that, that threw the punch is getting another opportunity in, in Buffalo. I find that very interesting that that's where he ended up going. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that's where he ended up going, but um, but yeah, man, it's just that's just kind of weird. And then you got the situation with Cam Newton where you got a DB trying to go toe to toe with Cam Newton, and you know he kind of got he got the he got the bad end of it. And, you know, you just, that's a lose-lose situation for you. You fight the quarterback and win, you're probably going to be gone. You fight the quarterback and lose, you're going to be looked at like you got beat up by the quarterback. So it's just like, right. just leave that situation alone. It's just, sometimes you just got to be the bigger man and walk away. For so. sure. Wade, you're you're the bigger man all the time as you're doing big things with the Wade Smith Foundation. Tell us about it. Um, yeah, we just had a... Um, a big fundraiser that we did down here at uh, the Top Golf. Um, it's about a, maybe a month ago. Now it's been about a month now. We did. Uh, we raised thirty thousand dollars to to go to our our community scholarship program. Um, all this stuff you can you can find out about at uh, WadeSmithFoundation.org and, and follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram at WadeSmithFound. Uh, but yeah, we've uh, we we raised thirty thousand dollars to go to our our kids with. Uh, with the Smitty Scholars and that's money that goes to kids in Houston and Dallas. Um, I'll go in seniors to, to scholarship money to go to them to go to school and help them go to school. And so we're really uh, excited about that and looking forward to the school school year starting again so we can start up our program, um, Reading with the Pros, which is a, it's an outreach program that we do where we go to elementary schools and we get uh, NFL players, current guys, former guys. We'll get um, judges, um, radio personalities, TV personalities to to go to the schools and do Q and A's, and I give a speech to the to the older kids, and then we break off and and read to the to the younger kids in their classes, just getting them excited about reading and expanding their minds and opening their minds and just just emphasizing the importance of education and how fun it could be. And so uh, we get that rev back up in September, and so uh, 
yeah, we're just, I'm just really looking forward to that. And like I said, the foundation keeps me extremely busy. And um, with all the stuff I have going on, man, I'm, I'm enjoying this this, this off time. Fans, make sure you continue to support this man. Go to wadesmithfoundation.org. Also, hit his foundation up on Twitter at Wade Smith Found. Support all the great things going on with Wade Smith. Wade, a pleasure, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck in retirement. Let's do this again. All right, man. Thank you, sir. I'll talk to you later. Take care. All right. Wade Smith, former offensive guard for, uh, played for the 12 seasons, played for the Chiefs, Dolphins, Jets, Eagles, and Texans. You listen to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean it. anything when the playoffs come. When the playoffs come, it doesn't <laughs> mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're Come capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all. That's not Robbie. That's called brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Go for it. Blogtalkradio.com. Talking sports. Having fun doing it. About to bring another guy who called to quit uh, this offseason. Justin Blaylock had a very successful career with the Atlanta Falcons. Did a lot of great things on the field. He called to quits at the age of 31. On to the next. On to his, his next life. And we're going to bring him in now, former Falcons offensive guard, Justin Blaylock. Justin. Hey, how's it going? How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing very well, thanks. Justin, you were released by the Falcons in the offseason. Ultimately, you decided to retire after eight seasons, 31 years old. Why you called it, Why did you call it quits? There were a lot of things that went into the decision. I uh, talked to a lot of people you know, close to me, people whose opinions I value. But at, at the end of the day, it was, you know, on me, obviously. Uh, I just felt the time was right. Uh, I had the first really significant injury in my career. Uh, this past October, um, you know, ruptured disc in my back. Uh, you know, I was able to just get it out and get through the end of the year. But, um, you know, I guess the release was almost a blessing in disguise, just kind of, um, hey, you know, this is a good time to get out, as as any. And, um, you know, it just took that and really ran with it. How is your back? Uh, It's doing all right for right now. Uh, for um, you know, sitting on the couch drinking beers, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's good enough to do that. Um, to to push around three hundred pound dudes all day uh, <laughs> might be another story. 
let me ask you this. If if hypothetically speaking the back gets right, right situation comes uh, upon you, would you end your retirement? Would you come out of retirement? Would you play again? Um, you know, that's the really tough, the toughest part. Uh, you know, guys are going through camp right now. People are going to get hurt during the season, what have you. I'm sure there'll be a few calls. Um, and, and granted, if the perfect situation came up, I'd certainly entertain it. But um, as of right now, you know, I'm making plans to you know, move on with life and uh, see where that takes me. Let me ask you this now. I mean, I know you said if the perfect situation comes up, you you definitely would possibly entertain it. A year from now, you know, let's just say you you feel like the back is 100%. Let's just say you you're feeling good again. You're 32 years old. Would you come back? I know uh, a year hopefully. from now, you never know. <laughs> hopefully, a year from now, I'll be uh, about 250 pounds. <laughs> So I don't think anybody would want me. <laughs> let me let me ask you this. I know you said you, you hope to be 250 pounds. How, how difficult is it to keep that weight on? And I know it's different for each individual person, but for you, how difficult is it to keep the weight on? Oh, it's never been a problem. I've always been a, a bigger guy. Uh, you know, going back to as far as middle school, or, or maybe even further than that, I've always been at least the biggest person in my class. Um, so, you know, keeping weight on has never been an issue. I mean, it's going to be a struggle to get that low, but uh, it's certainly you know, something I, I, I'm shooting for. Uh, you know, as I'm moving on towards the next phase of life, you know, it's not healthy to just be walking around at you know, 320 anymore. Right. Yeah, for sure. We're talking to former Falcons guard. Justin Blaylock, and you miss training camp at all? I know it's hot out there. I know they're you know they're pushing around each other, pushing around the sled. Maybe an Oklahoma drill here or there. You miss training camp? <laughs> oh man, no, not at all. <laughs> I think I saw, you know, I happened to be flipping through the channels and saw some, you know, inside the NFL or what what have you. And it, it I mean, I could kind of feel the heat coming off the TV even. <laughs> It was so hot at some of these places. Uh, that, that part of it, I do not miss. <laughs> Let me ask you this now. And, and, you know, with all the information out in terms of concussions and the long-term health effects, did that play a role at all in your decision? Sure. Uh, okay. Man, that, that's really hard to ignore nowadays. Uh, it's really prevalent. Um you know, everywhere you turn, the, the information's out there. Uh, I, I've been really blessed uh, not to you know, have suffered any um, you know, that I know of, uh, thank God. <laughs> um, but, but with all the you know, effects and things that it's driving guys to do, it, it, it could be kind of scary. Uh, right. You know, I know a lot of us think, you know, well, we're big, tough gladiators, blah, blah, blah. Invincible, but uh, I mean, it's, it's been proven time and time again that uh, you know, if you do this long enough, it, it can happen to anyone. For sure, for sure. We're talking to former NFL player Justin Blaylock. And in terms of like your health in general, how do you feel? I mean, walking away from the game at 31, obviously, you're going to have something 
because the physical uh, football is a very physical game. But body wise, how how do you feel health wise? Everything. I mean, I I can get around. Um, okay. For your for your average, you know, sedentary American, uh, <laughs> I can I can do that. You know, I can do that all day. Um, <laughs> am I itching to start doing CrossFit? Uh, no, no. That's, you know, not going to be my thing. But um, you know, I I can do enough to. Stay in shape and uh, maintain a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> and that's the most important thing at the end of the day as you move forward. Let me ask you this now. Eight seasons in the NFL, 125 starts in the National Football League. What was your favorite moment as a pro? Oh, man. Uh, I think the NFC Championship game. Uh, that was the closest you know, I ever got to the big one. That, that whole season was really, you know, something special. Uh, we had the, you know, top record buy in the playoff home field, all the, all the cool stuff. Obviously, we didn't make the most of it, but you know, a season like that is always going to kind of hold a special place and, and feel really good. Um, we really we did something pretty, pretty cool that year, and as much as out of Love to go even further with it. Um, you know, that, that was about as good as it got. And and I look at, you know, and that was one of my questions, actually, going back to the 2012 Falcons, because that NFC title game, you, you know, you talked about the best record. You talked about everything was in place for you guys to ultimately get to the Super Bowl. You didn't make it, but, you know, obviously you were up 17 to nothing against the, the 49ers in that championship game. Do you almost look at that season as a missed opportunity? Of course, uh, you can never just you know, even if you have all these good things going for you, you can't just say, "Oh, you know, we'll be back another time, uh, do it later." I mean, look at you know, Dan Marino goes to the Super Bowl first year, never goes back again. I mean, the, the history of the NFL is just littered with stories like that, examples like that. So. You, Every time you get close, you have to make the most of it. You, you just never know when right. you'll be back. And for us, that you know, didn't happen again. And and that's I think that's kind of, I don't want to say the crazy part, but you look at you guys after that season, the next two seasons, you guys just, I don't want to say fall apart, but, you know, 4-12 and 12, uh, the year after that. And then last season you had an opportunity to get to the playoffs. In the NFC South, you lost in that last game to the Carolina Panthers. It just kind of seen it almost fell apart, but it kind of goes back to your point: seize the moment when you have an opportunity to to get there. You got to do it. Absolutely, uh, you know, athletics is all about right now. You know what you've done in the past doesn't matter. Uh, what you think you're going to do doesn't matter. You know, all you have is you know, what's right in front of you. you know, all these silly cliches and whatnot, but that they're all true. Um, you know, we could have looked. It would have been easy to be like, "Oh man, we're so good right now. Who cares? We'll be back." Yeah. And you know, if anybody did think like that, it certainly hit us in the ass. <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and. 
what what do you think happened those last two seasons under Mike Smith? Ultimately, Mike Smith would lose his job, and I'm not putting it all on him. It's obviously, it's a collective uh, group as a team. You go out there, you win as a team, you lose as a team. What do you think happened after those in the the, the next two seasons after that 2012 season? It's really difficult to say. Uh, just put a finger on a, a couple of things. We really just did not play well enough. And, you know, you can say uh, injuries, what have you. Everybody, football's a violent sport. You're going to get in, guys going to get injured. Um, so you can you can never put it off on that. So I, I can't find, you know, anything else other than we just did not play well enough, really at any time. Uh, I mean, to go from, you know, such a good year to really bad so fast. Yeah. It's uncanny. Yeah, that's a, and it, I wish I could just point to something and be like, oh, this is it. But, I mean, if I could do that, we would have fixed it. <laughs> For sure. We're talking to former Falcon guard Justin Blaylock. Uh, I know one thing that's good. I know your cousin Russell Wilson, he, he's got a bunch of money. Um, you happy with Russell Wilson getting that big deal? <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, anytime anyone gets paid, I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, this game is so fleeting that you see so many guys come and go so quickly. Uh, even with a, a superstar like that, you, you just never know what the future could hold. So I'm right. I'm ecstatic anytime someone you know goes and breaks the bank. For sure. Four years, eighty-seven million, sixty million in guarantees. That that most definitely is breaking. It's a great time to be Russell Wilson. Sierra, four years, eighty-seven million. I guess I want to be Russell Wilson. It's a great time to be Russell Wilson right now. You could do a lot worse. <laughs> For sure. You you see a wedding anytime soon? <laughs> oh, man. No, I think that should just take it slow for now. <laughs> That's always a good thing. Let's wait a while. <laughs> How much are you, do you see yourself paying attention to football now that you're retired? You go, you, you think you're going to pay attention to it a lot? Um, yeah. I, be honest with you, I've been pretty far away from it for the last few months or so. Um, I'll, I'll get back into it a little bit. Uh, I, I know I'll watch a bunch of Texas games. Okay. Uh, it'll, be the, it'll be the first time. I mean, I've never been to one um, since I graduated. So I'm looking forward to going to some of those and tailgating and seeing what that's all about. Uh, I'll catch a lot of those. Um, but I still have friends that are playing. So, you know, occasionally I'll, I'm sure I'll, you know, I'll watch them. It's just uh you know, I've watched so much over the years and watched it in a fashion where I'm always judging, unfortunately. Uh, it's kind of hard to just enjoy a game uh, as a spectator would. Uh, just you know, not dissect every play and every little you know, detail of what's going on. <laughs> For sure, for sure. 
We're talking to former Falcons guard Justin Blaylock. I know one thing that's going to keep you busy, that is the Justin Blaylock Foundation. Tell us what you got in the works, man. Oh, I actually have a uh, a call with the board right after this, believe okay. it or not. Um, you know, we're exploring, you know, what we're going to do moving forward. Obviously, um, you know, you want to strike by the iron pot. Um, but at, at the same time, I think um, the community has been really re- receptive of everything I've tried to do. Uh, and there's enough folks out there that, have benefited from it that we'll be able to keep progressing, um, you know, no matter what, whatever that looks like. So we're, we're definitely going to maintain our, um, our our presence and continue helping young people out there. Uh, just trying to find out what that's going to look like. For sure, for sure. And and fans, make sure you support all the great things going on with the Justin Blaylock Foundation. Go to justinblaylock.com and, and, and check him out there. And also check him out on Twitter at JustBlaze63 and support all the great things going on with Justin Blaylock. Justin, uh, eight years in Atlanta. How much did you love the city of Atlanta? I mean, you spent eight years of your career there. Oh, it was great. I, I loved it a lot. Uh, I have a lot of family in the southeast, so it was really convenient. Uh at people from South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida. So, you know, anytime I was off for a little bit, um, you know, hop, skip, and jump away, I have some people I can relax with. And, uh, you know, not, not judge me too harshly if I had a bad day or, uh, <laughs> you know, not, not let me get too high on myself if we're doing well. So it was really nice. Um, and the town was great to me. I couldn't, you know, be, be happier with you know, the way I was treated out there. And uh, <laughs> it really feels like a, a second home to me now. Maybe the Falcons will call you back at some point. Anything can happen in this league. Uh, I don't put anything sure. past anyone. Uh, sure. Better be quick, though, because I'm uh, getting into grad school pretty pretty soon here. Okay. What are you looking to study? Uh, right now, I'm I'm really just exploring what's out there. Uh, I've always had a lot of interests, you know, outside of athletics, even um, things like computer science. Uh, something that's been intriguing me lately. I've always loved working with electronics and things like that. I mean, there's there's so many things that are out there. And I have so much free time now. Uh, right. So, so it'll be interesting to get out there and kind of just see where it takes me. I, I'm really looking forward to it. So all this free time, is it is it good thing, bad thing? Or is it like, like what am I going to do with myself? I mean, is it like that or is it like, well, I'm busy. I have things to do. Uh you know, I, I thought there'd be a lot more downtime, but uh, okay. I'm, I'm just the kind of guy that I, I like to stay busy. Uh, and if I don't have something to do, I'll just make something up. Uh, <laughs> so so far, it's been, you know, working on my handicap, uh, trying to get down. Okay. 
it's trying to get down below 20, you know, which is not very good. But, um, you know, I, I've had a couple other uh, things that prevented me from practicing all the time. <laughs> For sure. Again, fans, go to justinblaylock.com, support all the great things going on with the Justin Blaylock Foundation, and also on Twitter at JustPlays63. Justin, congrats on a great career if, in fact, it's over. Congrats on it. And as always, man, let's do this again. Uh, that sounds good to me. Thanks for having me on. Take care. All right. Do the same. Justin Blaylock, former guard for the Atlanta Falcons, finishing up an eight-year career, possibly. You got the sense of talking to him that, hey, there, there, there might be – you got the sense that who knows what can happen. Anything is possible. You know, Wade Smith, you know, you got the sense he's a little older, 34, Justin 31. Wade Smith, you got the sense he was done. Justin Blaylock, if if certain things happen or certain calls come, who knows, he might be open to it. He said it himself. He might be open to a, a return of some sort. We'll see. We'll see. And let's go back now to uh, the whole situation with Geno Smith and and what happens to Geno Smith now? Obviously, he's going to be out uh, six to ten weeks, could be on the lower side of six, could be on the higher side of ten. Who knows? But he's out. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback. Some believe it's an upgrade. Some don't. Geno Smith apparently was having a pretty good camp. But if you have a situation, if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes in and, and, and balls out, and the Jets are in a pretty good position record-wise, Geno might not get his job back in New York. And who knows, at that point, what kind of opportunity he's going to get. He's going to get an opportunity, but what type of opportunity is he going to get moving forward? What type of opportunity he's going to get moving forward? So, I don't know. I mean, you, you look at it, you look at the situation, and it's 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 mind-boggling to to think that that could happen in an NFL locker room. You protect the quarterback. You know, we got Cam Newton fighting. We got Geno Smith fighting. You protect the quarterback. Hold your quarterback down. And you know, I, I saw this out there with, with with what would happen if Tom Brady got punched in the face and his jaw was broken. I think you know, in Impali would be even a worse situation. Who knows? He might not even be in the league ever again. But he punched Geno Smith. And, I mean, here's the thing of the story. I mean, to me, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, these guys got boatloads of money. I think they'll just throw $600 out, move it on. And I think, I mean, you look at the situation, well, maybe it and Polly were like, you know what, I know he had a rough situation. He's going through a tough time, lost a friend close to him. Maybe I'll just eat the $600. But if you're tight with your money and you throw that money out there and you guys agreed to pay to to a situation where he would pay you back, well, then he has to pay you back. He has to be a man. That's what men do. Men pay debts, whether it's to creditors, whether it's to companies, or whether it's to individuals. You make a bet, you lose the bet, you pay the debt. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. 
you, 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 somebody fronts you 600 bucks to show up to their camp, you can't make it, you give the 600 back. It's, it's that simple, especially if you agreed to give it back. It's that simple. Now, if you had some conflict or whether or not you didn't want to give it back, that's another story. That's something you guys got to work out. But if your belief is that you're not going to give that 600 back, if you at any point, any time, had no intentions of giving that $600 back, then you shouldn't even say anything. You shouldn't even say that you were. Because at that point now, it's a situation where this man's word is supposed to be his bond. And now his word is not his bond if he's running into situations where guys says you owe me $600, you agreed to pay $600, you refuse to pay the $600. What happens? What happens at that point? Well, your word doesn't become your bond, and at that point, your word can't be trusted. And if you tell somebody straight up what you're going to do about it, you tell a man what you're going to do about it, well, some men are going to do some things about it, and you might not like what some of those men do. Last half hour, go for it. Starts right now. Go for it, starting right now. In this half hour, we're going to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rove. And Willie, you know, he's talked to some people related to this story with uh, Geno Smith and IKN and Polly. He has some insight, and we're going to get that insight when he joins us in the next few minutes. And also, you know, we're going to talk to Willie about that. He was at the Hall of Fame uh, this past weekend in Canton, Ohio. Good times had by a lot of people. You know, his ex-teammate, Will Shields, was in the building. You know, Jerome Bettis and him, Willie, have a pretty good relationship. You know, he was there. He got uh, inducted as well. So it was a good time to be in Canton, Ohio, celebrating the greats of the game. And Willie Rofe is, in fact, one of the greats of the game. Let's bring him in now. We're going to bring him in now, one of the greats of the game, former, I mean, former Saints star, former Chiefs star, Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. Willie. How you doing, Paul? How are you? Great talking to you. Sorry I missed you last week. Oh, no problem, man. No problem, man. You're doing big things out there in Canton, Ohio. Willie, let's get right down to it. We all know what happened. Geno Smith, IKN and Polly. Geno was supposed to appear at his uh, bet, his football camp. Excuse me. Smith apparently had a death in the family, death of a close friend to the family, could not attend. And then Polly wanted his money, $600 to be exact. You talk to some people close to this situation. Tell us what you're hearing. Well, you know, you know I went to Louisiana Tech. I talked to Coach Jackson last night, who talked to him, him and Polly, and this is what happened. Uh, Gino was supposed to come to the camp with a few more players that showed up to the camp. Gino was the only one that didn't show up to the camp. The camp wasn't in Texas. It was in Monroe, Louisiana, where Inland Polly played in La Tech, which is about 35 minutes from Monroe. Anybody knows that area from Monroe, Louisiana, up I-20. And um, supposedly Gino's brother's friend died on a motorcycle accident. 
that was neither that wasn't collaborated. We don't know what happened. I just think Gino. It was getting close to training camp. Gino was probably busy. Didn't want to come down to Monroe. You know, it's a little hard flying in the Monroe. You know, you got to catch a plane or go to Dallas or go. You know, from Dallas you go. You you got to catch a smaller plane to get to Monroe. It's a small, very small airport. So if Gino didn't want to go to the camp, just don't go to the camp. But you have to give the man his money back, and uh, if you don't show up, they're training camp right now, Paul. So I can tell you, they're getting checked at camp right now for a thousand dollars, eight hundred dollars. They're getting money when they travel. You know, everybody gets the same same thing at training camp. Gino could get the man, could have been getting the man the money since he's been at training camp because he's gotten a couple checks. You get paid when you're at training camp. Everybody gets the same thing, and you get a little stipend, you get cash. So. Gino knew he owed the man money. This has been lingering for longer than for about a month now. Right. Just pay the man the money. <laughs> um, but and, and you know, to the point, yes, pay the man the money. Most definitely, it's six hundred dollars. You got to pay the man. Let me ask you this now, and I know there are reports. You know, according to Ryan Clark, well, you know, uh, Gino Smith put his hands in the face of an Impali, and you know, ultimately, an Impali. No, 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 no. Impali no. walked over to Gino. Gino said, said, man, get the F out of my face talking about $600. What I heard from him, what, what Coach told me, is he put his hands on his forehead. So okay. if you walk over to talk to somebody man to man, you've been, he knows you've been wanting his money for a while, and he puts his hands on your forehead, what are you going to do, Paul? He tells you, get the F out of my face talking about this money. Right, and especially if you heed it. With the person to begin with, because he's, he's, yeah, it's been lingering for a couple of weeks. He, he, I, first of all, he's upset that Gino didn't come to the camp. You know, it's, it, especially let's say he put, well, let's say he told sponsors or people Gino Smith's coming. Well, that's a big draw for him. So right. you know, if Gino doesn't come, you know, a lot of people want to see him. He's a quarterback, so that, that, that's, that's name credibility. So that's number one. He's upset about that. Number two, he's upset about the the, the, the money and. Gino's obviously trying to avoid him and not want to talk about it. And number three, to to, to make the end of the discussion, let's let's go back to his background, Paul. His parents are he's African. His parents are from Africa. The guy grew up outside of Dallas, worked his butt off, real tight with money. You know, you know, doesn't spend a lot. Uh, got to tech, busted his butt, was there four years. The kid power cleans three eighty five from the floor. The kid benches like 450, 460, and squats over 600. So the kid is a specimen. He's strong, very, very strong. That's not sure. a guy, you know, that you, you know, I live with a guy who's from Africa, okay? And, 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 Paul, let's go back to my situation. The same situation happened with us. The guy did get sucker punched when I was with the Saints. 1994, okay. we was at my house having drinks. A lot of guys came over my house to hang out. Mario Bates didn't owe anybody money, but didn't want to buy drinks for the vets. Didn't want to listen. The vet, uh, uh, Lorenzo Neal would tell him to go get stuff, bring donuts. He didn't want to do what rookie's supposed to do. He thought he wasn't going to have to do it. Well, I stayed home. They went to Club 57, Ricky Jackson's club. He had by the airport. Uh, Lorenzo did sucker punch him, and Mario missed the first six, seven weeks of the season. With, with, it, it just happened at training camp and in the training camp also. Mario never was the same. He went on to, to play okay, but after that happened, he never, his career, he never was the same person after that happened to him. 
Lorenzo Neal was totally wrong. And, and, and they had to let him go because I'm going to tell you something. It divided up the locker room. It made right. it difficult because a lot of people were pissed that Mario broke, broke, broke his jaw because this guy had was a wearing like a 4-3-4-4. His brother was a great return guy. You know, they played for uh, Carolina. He had a lot of potential out of Arizona State. So it hurt our team that, that we lost. We needed him. We needed, he, was, he was supposed to be our running back that year. So I went through the situation. But the guy's African, you got to know what you're dealing with if you're Geno Smith. Some guys, yeah, he can do that with Paul. Some guys, you can't do that with. So you got to know your teammates. You got to know what type of guys you're dealing with. Some guys ain't, ain't finna play with you. And this guy isn't the guy to play with. And, and, and at the end of the day, you know, Ryan Clark talked about this guy was pretty tight with his money. And, you know, I guess on some respect, Geno Smith on some level was messing with this man's money. And anytime you mess with a grown man's money, a lot of things can go down. And, and you know, that's what happened here on some level. I want to ask you this, though. And here's my take on it. Here's my opinion on it. I, I know he owed him money. Hold on. According to your sources, did Enem Polly talk to him first? Did he confront the situation in the locker room? Or did Gino approach him? No, no, no. Walked up to him again. I mean, he, he, this has been going on for a little while. This didn't just start. I mean, Polly walked over to him. And when Emin okay. Polly walked over to him, Gino was in, not in one of the moves where he didn't really feel like dealing with it, okay? It's after practice. So Emin Polly walks up to him, and, 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 and basically, basically Gino's like, man, get the F out of here talking about, talking about this money. Man, I ain't talking to you. I'll give you the money when I get ready to give it to you, something like that. But that's, that's what I heard. So Emin Polly knows he reacted, he was wrong, but basically he just tried to brush him, brush him off and said, get the F out of here with that. I don't want to talk about it right now. So he walked right. up to him, but he he had been walking up to him asking about the money for a while. Just pay the man his money, Paul. Yeah, I mean, no, that, you don't have a problem here. Yeah, I agree with you. Here's here's where I think Ennin Polly went wrong. Obviously, he went wrong by punching him and, and ultimately breaking his jaw. But he went wrong with this, in my in my opinion. If he makes the roster, his contract calls for five hundred and ten thousand dollars salary. Okay. Now I know he wants his money at six hundred dollars. But at the end of the day, you're a six-round draft pick last season. You're struggling to make the roster. It's not a good idea if you're struggling to make the roster to, go, to have an issue or cause any type of confusion with the starting quarterback. So in my opinion, I understand he wants his money, but in my opinion, if you look at it uh, you know, rationally, I think an Impali should have been like, look, I, I understand that I want my money, but at the end of the day, I got to make this team. That's more important than six hundred dollars. If 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 he put his hands on his forehead, what do you do then, Paul? Just walk away well, in with somebody puts their hands on your forehead. Well, it, it, what you about know, that, Paul? I, well, I'm asking well, you as a man. What about that? Okay, so I'll say this: it's not what defines you. It, it's not the action that defines you. It's the reaction, and so and so he has to be smart with his reaction. He's got to be smart with his reaction. He's got to be smart. Hello? you got to know who you're dealing with. Like I said again, Paul, also you got to know who you're dealing with. No, you I, know and I get that. who you're dealing with. Okay? I get that. I get that, but you got to, you got to be if, – if you're trying to make an NFL roster, it's not, it's not in your best interest to mess or cause confusion with the starting quarterback. It's not like – he was a cinch to make the roster. It wasn't guaranteed that Nidham Polly would make the New York Jets. So 
in my opinion, in my mind, since you have no, since there is no guarantees that you make the Jets, you you say, you know what, it's six hundred dollars. I know it's six hundred dollars. I know I like my money, but you got to be smarter and say, you know what, let me just let this go. Let me make okay, this well, roster. Well, well, you know what? I'll be able to later. I just. Maybe it's the blessing in disguise, Paul. He got released. He got picked up. He can make his five hundred thousand with Buffalo. Rex Ryan's drafted him. He knows him. You know the kid. He's not a bad kid. But this kid is not a bad kid. This kid worked his butt off. He made a mistake. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying he, did, he didn't do something wrong, but just like the deal that happened in Rustin, which people over exaggerate. The guy was off duty cop. Skip's coach said he was. Skip said he was wearing. Uh, off-duty cop stuff, that's not the facts. He didn't punch anybody. He didn't throw a punch. He pushed the guy. The guy was clearing people out of rabs. It was it was time for the place to club, close where people hang out in Ruskin, and the the, uh, the the off-duty officer got pushed. He never punched the, the off-duty officer. So that story is not the truth about him, him and Polly. It happened in Ruskin. So I heard okay. that from, from the coach that it was a minor incident, and then nothing happened from that. So that that story is blown out. The the the, the cop it was all through the cop wearing wearing police stuff. No, he wasn't. But here, here's here's my thing. And, and you know, granted, yes, that you know, it, it, you hear some things that he is a pretty decent guy. But here's my thing. I, I you know, I understand everything you're saying. And I understand. Hey, as a grown man, you got to defend yourself. But also, as a grown man, you have to know when to to walk away and know when to sit there and fight. And I think on that particular situation, with the position that he's in, he's got to walk away because this is about him trying to make the the Jets roster. This is about his career, you know. And and to my in my opinion, you walk away, you move on. You it's six hundred dollars at the end of the day. We're not talking about a, a lot of money. We're not talking about a lot of money. Okay, Paul. The kid got drafted. He's got potential. So maybe he's the best team. Hey, maybe the kid, maybe the kid is, is getting better. The kid might go up to to, to uh, now he's got something to prove. Now he's going to Buffalo. He's he's been with, with Coach Ryan. Now this kid's got something to prove. I I have a good I, good thing chance to say the kid's gonna make the roster in Buffalo, and I think he's gonna have a good year. I saw he he blocked a punt last year against uh, Cincinnati uh, in back in the end zone. Uh, you know, so he, you know, he does play on special teams. I mean, the kids got to make an impact. So yeah, he put himself in a, in, a, in a tough situation. It's an iffy situation because, like I said before, Paul, uh, some of these guys in these locker rooms are knuckleheads and they fight a lot. What about uh, uh, who Percy Harvin? We've heard all kinds of stories about Percy Harvin right. trying to fight different people when he's been in the NFL and with, with, with Rex Ryan. Now he tried to fight the starting quarterback. He's gotten a fight with Golden Tate. He's gotten a fight with several guys. So, be, because he broke somebody's jaw, we hear about it. We don't hear about all the fights that go on in locker rooms because they ain't fighting no, going on locker room. And, it's, and you know what it's about? Money, gambling, and women. And you know that's what's going on. So, what I'm trying to tell you, Paul, is this goes on. It's been going on since the, end of, since the beginning of time in football, and it's going to continue to go on. Now, sure. he shouldn't have got his jaw broke. And I told you the situation happened in 1994 with the Saints. And it was right. in the paper that they were hanging out of my house. So they made me put me, throw me in it. I wasn't at the club when it all went down. But they were at my house before they went out. And somebody got his jaw broke. So it's, this has happened before. Look it up. It's happened before. 
it's, it's, it's a bad incident. It's a starting quarterback. It was a starting running back for our team that got his job broke. Second-round pick from Arizona State. So it was a tough situation. And the best thing they could do was get rid of the kid because once that happens, it's going to be hard for Gino to be walking around the locker room looking at him with a wide shut jaw. He's going to be pissed right. off. So and, the and smartest thing they did was get rid of the kid. Now, what if it was a good player on the team that this happened with? So hopefully this teaches, teaches people a lesson. Don't put your hands on no grown man because you don't know what's going to happen to you. It's like putting your hand in a cage with a wild, with a wild animal. <laughs> your hand might get bitten off. So it's, it's, it's two sides to this, Paul, your side and the other side. That's how common sense. We don't know who we're dealing with all the time. This kid's sure. mentality is not like over here. That $600, might, this kid don't spend no money. So he's frugal, whatever. But this kid isn't the kid you want to play with. I don't, I don't I get, think nobody else that owes him $600 will have a problem paying him for now. For sure. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I understand what you're saying as men. But as men, you know, that it, it's, it's not all about brutality and force as being a man. It's also about intellect, smarts, and knowing when to go and knowing when to fight a battle, not knowing when to fight a battle. In my opinion, this wasn't the battle to fight for him. And I know he got his hands put in his face and everything, all that good stuff. Bad stuff, if you want to talk, if you want to say. But at the end of the day, you got to be smarter if you're in Impali because you are trying to make a roster. I understand about being a man. I get it. But this is your money you're messing with here. And I know he got another opportunity, but who knows in terms of suspension what may come down with that? Who knows if Geno Smith will file assault charges? Who knows what could happen? So my thing is, you, you got to be smart. You got to be just. He's got to be smart because of his position. You know what I mean? And, and it's like a lot of people consider the quarterback the CEO of the football team. Well, nobody's going to go up to their CEO and you know if your CEO owes you X amount okay, of money. Wait, 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 let's, let's say, let's say, let's say, let's, let's clear this up right now. Geno Smith got a lot to prove. He ain't no CEO of the football team. Geno Smith ain't no Alex. Ain't no Alex. Uh, Alex. Uh, 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 what's and her name, Ann Rogers or uh, Andrew Luck or Drew Brees. For sure. He's got to earn sure. some respect. So I know it's, sure. it's another year. And, uh, Gino Smith is on his way out the door. And you know what? To be honest with you, if Gino wasn't playing good the first couple of weeks, they would have put Ryan Fitzpatrick in anyway. So, if, you know, Gino has a chance to sit back and learn from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know he, he, he threw 18 touchdowns last year. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over and move the chains, They'll be okay with they got some defensive guys. So, you know, if if Geno Smith hadn't played well earlier this year, he would have been on the bench anyway by the end of the For year. Sure. Because sure. he hasn't been a professional and he hasn't played well. So I'm, of- I'm 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 not discrediting it, but let's not call Geno Smith was 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 this and that. He's like Cam Newton. Cam Newton's got a lot of maturity to do. He's getting twenty million a year. You threw a pick, you got mad, the guy's high high side you in practice, you wanna go fight the guy. You don't fight the guy, throw the pick, don't throw the pick. And the guy won't be running down the court, running down the field doing it. You do it all the time when you do that Superman pose when you score a touchdown. But now you throw a pick and you don't want nobody doing it back to you. You got if you give it, you got to take it as good as you give it. For sure, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rope. Totally agree with that. I mean, you know, Cam Newton's situation unacceptable. Geno Smith unacceptable. Ik Inman Polly also unacceptable. I understand, but I, I true when it, when it comes to Inman Polly, I do understand. Unacceptable, yes. Do I understand? Most definitely. 
But at the end of the day, you still got to be smarter. And, you got to you know, be smart. It's just like you going to Paul. You went to public school. Did you go to public school, Paul? Yes, I did. There were guys at school you knew not. You knew to just be cool with. You didn't mess with them, right? You knew. You knew. For you sure. had some tough guys at school. You knew. You knew who the tough guys were. You knew who to just be cool with, and you knew who you could play around with. You know certain guys you just can't play around with, right? For sure. Yeah, just like being in school every day. You're in the locker room every day. There's guys that don't play. There's guys that come from very tough situations. Guys that dads have been locked up their whole life. You know, the guys that don't have anybody there. So, you know, there's some guys that are, that are going to fly off the handle. They're the hot guys, you know. They're on your teams. Every team has them. you got guys you just don't mess with. That's like with anything in life. I'm, I'm saying, in the party, probably the very quiet, reserved guy. He's probably very quiet. I'm going to tell you a story, Paul. I was 12 years old. We had an African guy living with us. We, I, and I would mess with him and mess with him. He was 18. He was in senior high school. I would pick on him and pick on him and pick on him and pick on him and pick on him. Until one day, he jumped on, my, on, on me and gave me a good whooping right in our living room. But you know what I learned from that? I learned from that. This, and this guy's quiet. Another African, Johannes Hoptamarin. Guess what I learned, Paul? You don't mess with him. You, quit, you pick on certain people, certain things are going to happen to you. So do you think I ever fooled with him again? No, I didn't. <laughs> and and to your point, there's not going to be a lot of people that's going to fool with I.K. and Bali. But maybe I think Geno Smith thought, you know what, I'm the quarterback of this team. This dude's a six-round draft pick. He may barely make this football team. I'm having a pretty good camp. You know, the coaches are talking about the type of camp I'm having. You know what, you know, this dude needs to get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? Let me Let me put my hand in this man's face and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. It's just $600. And I don't care how tight you are with your money, if you really truly think about it, it's just $600, especially when you have an opportunity to make $510,000. Uh, and, 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 and at the end of the day, they both learned a lesson. They, we, we, we have something we can talk to to play at, at the meetings at the NFL, Ricky Simpson, and everything else. Like I told you, has it happened before? Yes. Is it going to happen again? Maybe it won't happen for another 20 years, but it's going to happen again. Not with a starting quarterback, though. It shouldn't be with a starting quarterback. It shouldn't be with anybody. Just like who was that kid, who was that guy for the Washington Redskins that used to get used to beat up people and beat up Stephen Davis, the receiver? Are oh, you talking about Michael Westbrook? Westbrook. Westbrook. Crazy. That's <laughs> a guy that's a little bit nutty now. You just don't. You don't fool with this guy. You know what I'm saying? This guy likes to fight. He he went to MMA fighting after he finished. He some he's a little off. But what I'm saying is, it's a lot better. It shouldn't have happened to anybody. I don't, I'm not saying starting quarterback. What if it's your starting running back? What if it's your starting left tackle? What if it's your starting you whatever? I understand it's your starting quarterback, which has a lot, which is a big year for him. And I was looking forward to seeing him mature and have a good year. Now, he's got time to sit back and learn. And, he, and he's got time to think about stuff. And it's a lesson learned for both of them. They're both very sure. young men. They got a lot of mm-hmm. outside of football. You have a lot of life to live. And nobody wants to walk around with a, drinking out of a straw for six, eight weeks. That's no not going to be any fun. Because he's going to be drinking out of a straw for a while. He can't eat any sure. food. His jaw is broken. He's wired shut. And I saw Mario Bates have to walk around and look like that. And you got to come to work every day. And you got to come to work every day with the guy that broke your jaw. It brings a lot of tension in the air. It's a lot of tension in the room when stuff like that happens. So, you know, hopefully everybody learns from that situation. Are guys getting in fights in locker rooms? Yes, they are. 
Ask any of these, any of these guys, Hall of Fame. They'll take Minnesota. And, and some of these, we hear about some of these fights with the Cowboys. Some of these teams, these guys were fighting each other, or they were going out to bars getting in fights. Good thing nobody got hurt seriously, but these guys get in fights sometimes. It happens, Paul. For sure, we're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. Let's switch gears now. You were at the Hall of Fame this past weekend. You know your your ex teammate. Uh, uh, I forgot the man's name. Will Shields, your ex teammate. He got inducted. Jerome Bettis, and I know another guy that you're fairly close to, got inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. Talk about it, man. How was it being out there? Man, it was very special. First of all, Jerome threw a couple of very good parties. He brought the old school back. You would have loved it. Uh, brought the, he brought New York. You know, he's from Detroit. He brought Houdini in one night. He brought Egg B, Egg B and Slick Rick and uh, EPMD. So you would have loved the shows. But, uh, you know, me and Jerome go back. We have the same agent. Me and Jerome both hired Lamont Smith, a black agent, and, and out of college and stayed with him my whole career. And I don't know if I don't know if Paul, if you look this up, but me and him uh, were both his top clients in '93, and he had two clients that made it to the Hall of Fame. So me and Jerome had a house together. We trained together in Denver. Yeah, I remember that. Before story. they started the OTAs, we used to work out together in the off season. I remember how upset Jerome was when he was thinking about they were going to trade him and. You know, you know, Jerome had to show up about two fifty, two fifty five, and was stressing before that ninety six season. And for him to go to Pittsburgh and, and revamp his career and, and and what he had to go through, and me and Will Shields came out together. Another guy that I go back to the Allen Trophy Award ceremony, which he was playing a football game. I showed up with one more guy, and, and Bill Remington accepted the award for Will Shields, and then for me and Will to to. Be, the, be out of our whole class, the guys that were one and two for the Allen Trophy to both end up going to the Hall. Will didn't miss a game for 14 years. I went to his party Saturday night and saw some of my old teammates there. Uh, they played on that great line that we had, and uh, it, was, it was special. You know, I, I said, you know, I, I was in a meeting, and uh, I said it's very interesting. You know, I got in a few years ago, so I met some guys that were playing way before me that I didn't know nothing about. I learned about them. You listen to them, and it's sad to see the older guys starting to pass away, which you had three or four pass away this year, Paul. Uh, Frank Giffen uh, right after the ceremony that Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And then you have the people that I grew up watching. I was a big Steeler fan, Mean Joe Green, Frank O'Hare, Lynn Swan. That was my team. Terry Bradshaw mm-hmm. that went to La Tech. Now I'm at the point where I'm in there, and my peers are coming in, guys I played with, guys I played against. So it's it's it's, it's the dynamics of the generational gaps that you were a part of watching before you, and then you got to learn about them before you played. The guys you grew up watching play in the 70s and the 80s when we were growing up, and now my peers are coming in. It, you know, it, it's very special. And like I said, Charles Haley, I played against Charles. Uh, uh, so, you know, like I said, it, it was a, it was a, it was an outstanding class receiver. I don't know if you had this the class where you have a DN, Tackle, guard, running back, receiver, that many positions, you know. And um, Bill Pauline, who got hired by Jim Finks. Jim Finks, I was the last player Jim Finks drafted for the Sioux New Orleans Saints. Never got a chance to meet him because uh, he got sick and went to the hospital and passed away later on that year. So I was his last first first pick that became a Hall of Famer, and I never got a chance to meet him. And he's in the Hall of Fame, and Bill Pauline is one of his pupils. So I, I talked to Bill Pauline about that at the Hall. So, 
you know, you you don't realize all the connections you have with these guys that we 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 have. But uh, you know, we're family now, and we got to try to look out for each other because guys guys are some of the guys are passing away and slowing down, and you know it's real sad. But you know, I, I know how special it is when those guys come up there, those older guys, and get to hang out and and they enjoy it so much. And so you know, I think I think now. I don't want to talk about some, you know, some of the stuff, Paul. But some guys like to come up there and just hang out, play golf or whatever, and don't want to go to some of the stuff. And that's not what it's about. It's about you coming up there, showing your respect to the hall, and showing up to stuff, and not just coming up there to play golf all weekend. But you know, you would think guys would appreciate it more, and, and at least for that weekend, put the golf club down and show up to the functions, and then you can continue to play golf or play golf after you go to some of the events we're supposed to be at. And then, you know, go on, go on the rest of your day and do what you have to do. But, I mean, you know, some guys, you just don't see them till Saturday night at the ceremony, and that's it. <laughs> We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe, and you, you saw a lot of great, a uh, lot of new exciting things at the Hall of Fame that, that was, you know, that they're doing there at the Hall of Fame. Talk about it. Well, you know, they're doing a lot more stuff. They, they're trying to do a lot more interactive stuff. Uh, they're building. Tom Benson has donated $11 million. They're gonna build a, a brand new resort up there, hotel. It's gonna be the village. The village. It's gonna be the village for the Hall of Fame people. For people to walk around on the grounds, the Hall of Famers will be at the big, beautiful hotel they're gonna build. They're gonna do some renovations on the football stadium, who they named after Tom Benson, who made that huge donation. It's now the Tom Benson uh, Hall of Fame football field. And uh, uh, last year they talked about the trip everybody took to Israel. Uh, Robert Kraft. Flew his big 767, flew 19 Hall of Famers to Israel, and they had a football game over there in Israel, and got to go to the Holy Land for about uh, two weeks. Uh, the, the Kraft family took took them over there, and they stood up and told, talk, were talking about how special that trip was. And uh, you know they, they're doing uh, the new uh, the new president David David Baker, whose son is Sam Baker, that uh, plays for the Atlanta Falcons, is doing a great job. You know, uh, uh, bringing a lot of money in, bringing a lot of interest in, and uh, and uh, he, he he just became president. He used to be president of the Arena Football League, but uh, he's the one who helped get that big donation secured by Mr. Benson, and uh, he's doing a great job. Willie, we'll we'll let you go now. We'll let you go after that. Obviously, you had a great time in the Hall of Fame. Appreciate your insight. Let's do it again. All right, thank you. Hall of Famer Willie Rove. Here on Go For It. Hello, you're on Go For It. How you doing, partner? How are you? Fantastic. This is James calling from Tampa, Florida. How are you, James? I'm hanging in there, man, but I'm going to tell you something I have a little bit of a history on. I'm a, I was a white student athlete, played college football at a historically black college. You know what that is, correct? Correct. Grambling, Howard, Hampton. I was in Atlanta. And let me tell you something that you may or may not know. And if you're around an HBCU at any time, probably in the high 90s uh, are black student-athletes at these colleges. At the college campus, let's say there's 94% African-American. The other 6% is made up of student-athletes from the Bahamas, Africa, and other countries, uh, Virgin Islands, things of this nature. The reason I bring this up is on campus, through four years of going to a historically black college, if there was one thing that I learned, and I learned off the bat, and it was because I was a white student athlete on that campus, is the students from Africa absolutely despised 
the African-American student at the black colleges. They okay. looked at him as lesser. They did not consider them African anything. And it was a constant fight and battle. Now you get into that Jets locker room and you got an inner city kid from one of the most podunk, underprivileged cities in the country. And I'm talking about Liberty City, Miami, where you've got Haitians and you've got gang members and you're talking about a terrible, and that's where Geno Smith is from. You ever listen to Geno Smith talk? And then you put him in a situation where he's across from a guy who likes to fight, who can fight, and who is burned financially, you've got all those things to take into consideration. Never once in the media have I heard anything about that. And why was it a sucker punch if he got his off first? It's not a sucker punch. Geno Smith got knocked out. That's what your quarterback got punched in his mouth. And I, and I, I think that they're – go ahead. So that, that's, that's what I've noticed, and I'm glad that Rofe touched on that without saying what I'm saying. But let me tell right. you something. Africans – do not look at themselves the same as African-Americans. They believe that they're two totally different human beings, especially states. And I'd like to get your take on that. No, I've heard that before. I definitely have heard that before in the past. And, and, and to your point, and, and, you know, initially the story came out, it was a circle punch. And mm-hmm. that was the initial story. But as you read more and more about the story, it really wasn't a circle punch. I guess in, in some respect, if somebody put your hands on you, as in some respect, if you retaliate, it's not really a sucker punch. It's just you on some level defending yourself. But mm-hmm. here's the issue I have. Here's the issue I have. You're a six-round draft pick. This is mm-hmm. the starting quarterback of the team. You don't want to cause any type of confusion with the starting quarterback on the team if you're trying to make a team, desperately trying to make a team. So in my opinion, you've got to be smarter if you're IK in and Polly. At the end of the day, you've got to be smarter. I 100% agree with you if a guy like Ingepale thought that he was on a different playing field. And and let me explain why. You're dealing with alpha males. At that moment, it wasn't about football. It wasn't about the starting quarterback. It was about another man in the locker room telling him to his face, I ain't paying you $600, homie. What you're forgetting is that the animalistic mentality. Listen, we've got video of NFL players punching women in the face like this. What makes you think Ingapali is going to stop and think and say, you know what, you're the starting quarterback, bro, I'm sorry, and and leave. It don't work that way, man. I wouldn't give a shit, and this isn't the first time that this happened. There was a Dallas Cowboy quarterback who got in a fight with Staubach and was thrown out of the NFL. He talks about it. In fact, it drove him to his grave, and you can Google that story. So this isn't the first time that happened, Um, and it would be interesting. So if it was the starting defensive end or if it was Darrell Revis that did it, would that be an even trade? Then it's acceptable. I I think you're talking about two guys, and he ain't standing for it. And I I think at the end of the day, obviously, if Finn Polly was somebody better, he still would be on the Jets roster. Obviously, he still would be. But, you know, he's not. He's on the Bills roster. And we'll see what happens moving forward. Hopefully, hopefully he's learned a lesson. Hopefully, Geno Smith has learned a lesson at the end of the day. And, and also, the lesson also is if you say you're going to pay somebody $600 back, give them their money back. Bottom line, point blank, if you say it, do it. And I, and I think about, that's the bottom how about, line. How about show up for the event? How about you show up for the event? He, he no-showed hey. it. And there's absolutely no record of Geno Smith's nephew or uncle or niece or friend being in a bicycle accident. There is none. He lied. He just didn't show. That made him look bad at that camp, not to mention all the kids that were there. Tebow wouldn't have done that. 
And and while Geno Smith has to worry about making an NFL football team and hopefully moving forward he can actually do that. Well, not necessarily making the team, but being a, a solidified starter in the National Football League, he has not done that after two years. And after this particular situation, he may never play uh, quarterback for the New York Jets, and who knows if he'll ever be a starter moving forward. Thanks for the call. God bless. And, the story, you know, he, he talked about Roger Stallback. The story he was talking about was Clinton Longley and Roger Stallback. And, and, and you know, so I want to thank Willie Rowe for stopping by. Make sure you support all of the great things going on with Willie Rowe. also want to thank Wade Smith and also Justin Blaylock. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash begin, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for Kent. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great day. See you later. Take care. Bye. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.